0: Responsive tonight, uh, be be in in his face. Get on the edge of your seat. Come on, preach the, uh, yell the preacher down tonight. And could you do something tonight for his very first message here from this pulpit? Would you put your hands together? Would you stand to your feet and honor, Kenny Cheeseman, as he comes and preaches the word tonight? All right. Awesome. Thank you. Well, you can be seated. I do appreciate it. Thank you very much. If you have your Bibles, we're in church, so you should have your Bibles. Uh, please turn your Bibles to First Thessalonians chapter five, verse sixteen. We'll get to that in a moment. I'll wait while you turn to that book. I'd like to introduce myself, although it's hard to even continue after that. I'm Kenneth Lee Cheeseman. I've been attending City Church for six years. I've got a picture up on the screen of my beautiful wife and my beautiful daughter. My daughter... Oh, my goodness. My daughter just turned one yesterday. Um, and uh, my wife and I are about to celebrate our third anniversary next Wednesday. And uh, it's, uh, it's been awesome. It's been a privilege. I do serve in the children's ministry here alongside of Pastor Dan. At this moment, I would just like to say, man, we've got a phenomenal senior pastor a pastor that, that believes in you, he believes in the children, and he's got a heart, not just for the city, but, but specifically for children, for youth, for young people. And can we give it up for Pastor Eugene real quickly? Thank you, Pastor Eugene. Also, can we give thanks to Pastor Glenn? We've got the greatest youth pastor in the nation at this church. And... Uh, He's such a great pastor. I, I inspire to be like Pastor Glenn quite often. And then also my mentor of the past six years, Pastor Dan Anderson, our children's pastor. And uh, thank you, Pastor Dan. I told you I was going to do it. Uh, thank you very much. Well, let's turn back into uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. It says this. If you could put that on the screen. It says, Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks In all circumstances, for this is God's will to those who belong to Christ Jesus. Let me say that one more time. Be joyful always. Pray continually. And give thanks. Man, give thanks in all things. For this is God's will for you, for those who belong to Christ Jesus. I want to give you a little background of of why this was written. This was written by the Apostle Paul. And he was on his second missionary excursion. He was a church builder, and he was one of the best church builders, I probably the best church builder uh, in, of, of all time and He was on a second missionary journey. He had just left he had just gone to Thessalonica, where he established his church of the thessalonians and so he was off doing his his missionary, his building new churches in another place, and he was hearing word from the Thessalonians. About what was going on. It was the new church. They were new believers. They were just figuring it out. I mean, we've all been there. What it's like to be a new Christian. All these questions. You know, I'm trying to figure it out. Man, how, what do I do? How do I answer this? What do I do here? And so they had all these questions. They had all these doubts. They had they all had these things that were going on. And at the same time, they were being persecuted. Man, they were getting bashed. They were getting killed for for standing up for Jesus. And so Paul hears about this, and man, he's so proud of his people. He's so proud. So he's writing this letter to the Thessalonians. He's saying, hey, guys, man, I'm so proud of you. You guys are doing so good. I know it's not easy. I know you're being persecuted. I know, I know people are dying, but man, it's for a good cause. It's for a good thing. Man, Jesus died on the cross, not just for you, but for all these people. So he's writing them to encourage them of how they're doing and what they're doing. Man, guys, I'm so proud of you. I want you guys to remember this is the last part of the of chapter 5 just saying, "Hey guys, listen. Just be joyful. I know it's hard." Church, I know we have difficult times right now. Paul's saying, "Be joyful." He's saying, "Man, guys, don't stop praying." It's so easy to stop talking to God. It's so easy to just, you know what, he's, he's not listening to me. You know, I can imagine Paul saying, listen guys, I know it, it's difficult, we're having a hard time. But don't stop praying. Don't stop talking to God because he can hear you. He's listening, he's gone to answer your prayer. And then the last thing he says, come on guys, give thanks. You're going through some hard times. We're going through some hard times here in America. We're going through some hard times, some of us are trying to find a job. Some of us have been trying to find a job for months. Some of us are are, are going through poverty. Man, we had 270 people come because they they needed some dinner for Thanksgiving. He's telling the Thessalonians, guys, just give thanks. I know it's hard. But man, God is going to bless you. Give thanks. I'm not telling you to, to say, man, thank you for all the bad things that happened to me. No, man, I'm saying just give thanks in it. Give thanks through it. God, listen, I, I know I'm going through this, but Lord, thank you that you're going to give me the strength to get through it. Thank you. I've entitled my message tonight, A Thankful Heart is a Happy Heart. Can you can, can you say that with me? Say, a thankful heart is a happy heart. Well... There was no way that Pastor Eugene or Pastor Graham was let me on the stage without me bringing out some kid's church in me. So, uh, if we could please, if you guys could turn your eyes to the screen, we're gonna let the great theologians of Veggie Tales yeah. tell us a little bit about Thanksgiving. Check this video out real quick. We thank God for this day, for this sun in the sky, for the flames that Yummy apple pie for the love that he shows Cause he listens to our prayers That's why we say thanks every day Because a thankful heart is a heart. And VeggieTales knows what's up, man. They just know how to take something just like, oh, I don't know what to think. And they're like, man, I thank God for my ball. I thank God for the tree. I thank God for the ant on the ground that I'm going to stomp and kill in a few minutes. But man, man, they, they, man, they were like, man, I don't know about, I don't care how old you are. VeggieTales can, can change somebody. I'll tell you what, man. I love me some VeggieTales. I ain't afraid to say it. It's like I said, my message tonight, a thankful heart and a happy heart, you can see where I got that from. Vegetables. come on somebody. Tonight, as I, tonight I'm going to tell you my story, but I want you guys to think about three key points that I have for you. I'm just going to throw them out right now because I want you guys to think about them. As I'm telling you my points, I want you to think about your story at the same time. Tonight as we think about thanksgiving and thankfulness, I want you to think of three things. Why we're thankful for our past, which could be hard sometimes. Why we're thankful for the present right now? Why are we thankful right now? What are we thankful for right now? And why are we thankful for the future? In a world that looks bleak and gloomy, why are we thankful for a future? When I was six years old, my parents got divorced. I didn't really understand what was going on. And uh, it was, you know, all I knew is one day I'm in school, my sister's in school, and here comes my dad. He came and he picked us up out of school and we left school. And then a few days later, we united with my brother. I didn't really understand what was going on. I didn't quite understand that as a six-year-old, you know, what am I supposed to get? I don't know where mom's at. Here's dad. Dad's cool. So, right, whatever, dad. You're my dad. Let's go. You know, we're going to go ride in a car somewhere. And so here we are. We're, we're traveling to my grandparents' house. It's, it's me, my brother, and my sister at the time. Uh, my dad has taken us. My mom is, is somewhere else. And so here we are, we're staying in our grandparents' house now at six years old, and we stayed with our grandparents for a few weeks before my, grand, my grandfather kicked my dad out. And so the three of us in my dad's 88 Chevy, correction, Regal Buick, and we're, we're in this car, we've got all of our stuff in this car, and we're staying in our vehicle. Three kids, my dad, in a Buick Regal in Tennessee. And so we're in and out of a motel that my dad could scrounge up to get some finances to afford. And so we were in this motel, and we were in our car. And that was it for a couple of weeks. That's how we lived. And I remember one day, we were at the park. And I'm sitting there on the swing set, enjoying the beautiful Tennessee day. And uh, these, two, these two ladies came up to me. And, and uh, you know, I'm at first, I'm like, Stranger Danger, you know, what's up? You know, I'm just going to swing. And so, you know, but they're like like, hey, little boy. "Ah, That's weird. You know, like, what's, I don't know what's going on. You know, but they start asking me, you know, what's my name? Why I'm on a swing set? They start, they start asking about me. Well, okay, well, you know, I'm I'm six, and you know, you're kind of pretty, and you know, like, I was six. Come on now. You know, and so they're, they're talking to me and getting to know me, and they're asking me about what I'm about, and they're asking me about my favorite toy, and man, I'll tell you what, that day, Power Rangers were what's up, man. I was all about Power Rangers, man. Go, go, Power Rangers. Man, I was, man, it was it, man. I had the Red Ranger, the Pink Ranger, the, the Black Ranger, I was on them all. Man, I transformed into dinosaurs and stuff, man. It was the coolest thing ever. So, man, I'm talking up a real good game to these two ladies, man. About these Power Rangers, man, they're this and they can do that. And they got all these cool action figures. And, man, it was awesome. So, they're getting to know me and they're really excited about my, about telling me some toys. And, and then they were, they're asking about my dad, and I'm like, oh, he's, he's over there with my siblings. And so we, we get up with my dad. And uh and so what happened is that shortly after we followed these two ladies to the bank, sketchy, you know, and you know but what I didn't know is at that time my dad was praying that God would, would provide a way for us to get to Arizona, where my Aunt Kim was. And and I didn't know that till years later, but but we followed these two ladies to the bank and they gave my dad exactly the amount he needed to get us to Arizona. And and I I swear to this day that they were angels. I don't know. I never saw them again. My dad didn't know who they were. So I'm like, God, they were angels. Come on. I met angels, you know? If not, they looked like angels. So I'm okay with that too, you know? But so here we are. We're now six years old. We're traveling to Arizona. You know, it's awesome. Three kids, the car, you know, it's a, it's a road trip. You know, I didn't, still didn't quite get it, but it was fun. And so here we are on our way to Arizona. We get to Arizona. We're staying with my Aunt Kim now for a couple weeks and, so my, my aunt helps us get an apartment. So here's my dad, a single father, three kids, all beautiful kids. And if you see my baby picture, you can attest to that. But three beautiful kids. And so here we are. My dad is, is struggling to be a single dad. And so I, I remember we got this apartment. It was like just outside the ghetto of Phoenix and, you know, 52nd Street. I mean, really? Come on now. Everything's numbers. I don't here everything has three names there. Everything's just a number. And so here I am just outside the ghetto of Phoenix, everything around me I don't understand, everything's rocks and dirts and cactus and, you know, I went from Tennessee to dirt and it was, you know, there's no fun in that. And so here we are in this apartment complex and I, 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 as I was growing up, I remember my dad struggling, you know, just, I didn't know why he was struggling, I just remember seeing my dad kind of go through different stages of anger and of, of, of depression and, and sadness and you know, at sometimes he just, you know, he'd, he'd cry out to God. I remember seeing my dad cry out to God sometimes. And, you know, he would keep us in church. And then, in and after church, he'd, he'd get so mad at God, he just, like, cursed God down. And, and so, I, you know, I saw that too. Like, which, which, which one is it? I don't, I don't know what's going on here. So, so as I'm getting older, I, you know, I'm starting to realize kind of what's going on. I'm, I'm seeing my dad struggle. I'm seeing the difficulties it is to, to have three kids and be a single dad. And you know, I don't. You know, at a kid, no kid's ever going to understand that. But but when I got 16 years old, and maybe some parents in here, when they turn 16, we all of a sudden know everything. And so I knew everything. I knew I knew what he had to do. I knew why he had to do it. I knew what the problem was, and I knew how to fix it because I knew everything at 16 years of age. And so I I quickly changed. But one day I come home from school, and uh, my dad is in a fit. Man, he's so angry. And I remember, I remember his anger on his face. And, and so I felt that that was the day that I was going to tell my dad how he should do things. Man, was I wrong. You know, and so here I am, I confront my dad, and I'm like, Dad, you know what, if you could just keep a job. And, uh, you know, at a 16-year-old and telling your father that, he was struggling to take care of three kids, that, that did not go the way I expected it to go. And it quickly escalated in, into a fight. And I, I remember, I remember just, a, I mean, it, it was fast. I remember a few minutes later, I quickly took a defensive stance to, to, because to, I thought I was going to take my dad. You know, and I, and so I, you know, I grabbed my dad's waist and, and I go to, I go to, you know, defend to take myself down and, you know, I'm going to get on the floor and then I, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but it's going to happen. And so then, but next to us was this metal peg post. Yeah, I know, it's about to happen. And then, and then on the way down, my father hit the bedpost. And I uh, severed his ear. And uh, um, I don't know exactly what happened. My dad went to the emergency room and I left. So I, I took off, man. I was so scared. And, and uh, that next month, December of 2004, I was like two weeks 16. Um, life was, was terrible for me. My dad was so angry with me, and I can't blame him, but he was so angry with me. Out of his anger, he would tell me how much he hated me, how much he couldn't stand me. My brother and sister weren't allowed to talk to me. They weren't allowed to be in the same room as me, and we lived together in a two-bedroom apartment. And They weren't allowed to be in the same room. If I was, if I was in a living room, they had to go to the bedroom. And, and for two weeks, that's how it was. I, I can't stand you. I, I, you. I can't wait till you're out of here. My dad was sending me to live with my mom whom I hadn't lived with in over 10 years. So I I didn't really know her. I didn't really know what to expect. I kind of had an idea based on what my dad told me, which wasn't good. And so my dad was sending me to live with my mother. At 16 years of age, I had to get ripped out of everything I had known. My friends, the church I was going to, the the school I was attending, the middle of my sophomore year. And, you know, I, you know, a 16 year old, man, for a 16 year old, that's the end of the world. I'm like, ah, the end of the world. I don't know what to do. And, you know, but, but just a few months prior to that, at 15, I was at a summer youth camp. And I went to a youth camp, and, and I was called to minister at youth camp that, that year. And I didn't quite understand what that meant, obviously, because I still was messing up with my dad. But I remember that they had picked me out, and about 25 other people out, about 400 people. 20, 20, 25 of us were picked out and called to ministry. And they called us up to the front. I'm like, who, me, what? Oh, well, I don't even know what that means, but okay. And so here I am, called to ministry at 15. I didn't understand what that meant. I didn't know how to receive that. But now here I am, at the end of, of 2004, 16 years of age, about to be sent to my mom. I had two choices to make. I could either move to my mom and continue to do what I'm doing, live the life the way I feel like I should live it, have a good old time, be Mr. Cool, and live for the world. Or, man, God did just call my ministry. I, maybe, I should, maybe I should try to, to live for God. Maybe I should try to answer that, that call. And I don't know about you, but when God calls you to do something, I mean, he just keeps knocking and knocking, and you try to hide a little bit more, and it knock gets a little bit louder, and then you're like, okay, I, I'm getting loud in here. And so he, man, he was calling me, and I felt it. And so in 2005, January 2005, I moved here to Florida to live with my mother. And I, you know, I said, God, I'm going to take this opportunity to make a difference in my life. I'm, I'm 16. You call me to ministry. I don't know what that expects, but Lord, I'm, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do now. And so I quickly get to Florida. I quickly get involved into a church here. And I was there for about a year. And at this time, I would try to call my siblings and, and you know, try to talk to them. My dad would be like, yeah, you know, this and that. I can't stay. Don't call here. You're not welcome to call here. And man, it hurt so bad. For my father to tell me that. It hurts so bad. That the person I've lived with. The past 10 years. Could tell me that. Could, could speak it so. So plainly. And so. You know. I, I'm, I'm trying to get involved in ministry here in Florida. I, I was at a church for about a year. And it it was awesome. But it wasn't working out. And I finally found City Church. In uh In 2006. Pastor Glenn was a, a young youth pastor at the time. He's still a young youth pastor. I don't know what I'm saying. He ain't old or anything, but sorry. I make you sound old now. Yeah, so, but he was just here for about a year. And, and so, man, I got involved in youth ministry. And, man, it was the coolest thing I had ever seen. You know, youth ministry with lights and, like, like six guitars. We only had two at the time. But, you know, but I mean, like, man, this is awesome. It's just not an acoustic guitar and a tambourine, man. This is awesome. You know, and so I, I get involved in youth ministry here at Wide Open. And then that's when God begins to really, really shape me. He begins to speak into my heart. He begins to mold me. He begins, begins to grow me into the man that I am today. And, and as I was getting involved in here in City Church, and, and I had other people standing with me and praying over my father and praying over our relationship, shortly before I graduated high school, something happened. I mean, God showed up in our relationship. And, man, me and my dad were calling each other to pray over each other. He, man, he one day just said, I am so wrong. And, and I was man, I was wrong, too. And I apologized and he apologized. And we would just pray over each other. I mean, we went from, from hating each other to, I mean, just full out, man, dad. I just want God to bless you and touch you. And, man, God, I just want God to touch you, son. And you're a great son. And, yeah, God's going to, I mean, that's what it was like on the phone. God. Thank you. God took that and made it that. You know, I know he wasn't, I know God didn't want me to get in a fight with my dad. That wasn't God's plan. But what was his plan was for our relationship to be restored. And man, we could pray over each other. We could talk about the Bible together and sharpen each other's spirit. And we could just encourage each other. And that's what happened. Which was awesome because about a year after that, my dad was struggling financially still. And he got forced out of his apartment. And my brother and my dad had nowhere to go. And I had my own place. I had a job. My bills were paid. And, uh, you know, dad, I don't have much space, but uh, you're welcome to come out here and live with me. That would be awesome, you know, live with my dad again. You know, and and so my dad and my brother moved out to Florida to live with me. And so my, my brother moved in with my mom and, and my dad's here with me. So now here I am. We went through all of this. So now here we are, where every day, man, we could pray for each other. And I was, you know, I, I was providing a home for my dad, which was really awkward, and that was weird. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm paying the bills, and my dad's got a place to stay, and 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 it, it was it was awesome to have that moment with my dad to, to to remember all that we had gone through, and then just think, man, God, this is where you took us. Which brings me to what I was saying about being thankful for our past. I am not glad at what I did to my dad at all. But man, I'm thankful for where God took it. I am thankful for the man that I became out of that. I am thankful for what I learned through that. How much my dad grew through that. How my siblings grew through seeing that. And how I responded and how my dad responded. I don't know what your past is. I may never know what your past is. But well, we can either be thankful for it, or we can live in our entire life regretting everything that ever happened, and never let God fully heal you. Because when God fully heals you of that, man, I'll tell you what, a thankful heart is a happy heart. And man, I'm thankful for that past. Which now, here I am, my, my dad lived for me about a year until 2009, I, I got married to my beautiful wife, and, and my dad had to go. <laughs> And so now here I am in my present. You know, like I said, my daughter, I have a daughter. Unbelievable. I have a daughter. And I don't have a daughter, she's one. And I have a wife. We've been married for three years next week. And, and now here I am. Up here. I don't have everything. I don't have a fat paycheck. I may mean, I have a fancy car. I may mean, I have the biggest home. But man, I am thankful for what I got. Man, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the little God gives me. Because he never said, you know, I'm going to give you this giant house, and I'm going to give you this giant car, and I'm going He never said that. He said, I will give you your needs. And my needs are met. God, thank you, man. Sometimes we get so... We get so... It's so easy to complain. I mean... It's it's so easy. I mean, just thinking about it, man, God, this happened today, and I just you know, God, my job this and my job that and man, you've got a job. You know, you got a job. Lord, you know what something happened today, but God thank you, I got a job anyways. Come on, I got a paycheck coming in. You know. Be thankful for the now. And when we're thankful for the past and we're thankful for the now, man, I'll tell you what, when you look at the future, it's looking a whole lot brighter. You know, because it's so easy to be like, "Man, this is my past," uh, and then this today. I don't have this, and I don't have that. Like, you know, I could have this, and that guy's got that, but I got this, and the grass is always greener. And no, it's not; his grass is dead. You know, but you know, and, and 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 you know. But when we're thinking, "Man, God, thank you for that," and now I'm here, and God, thank you for this, and man, I can't wait for tomorrow. You know, I can't wait for what's gonna happen next week. I can't wait till my little girl turns five, or when she turns sixteen, and I gotta. No, I can't wait for that. You know, but you know, I'm like, you know, but I can't wait for that promotion, man. I can't wait for that better car. You know, I can't wait for a bigger home or for a dog that doesn't pee all over my house. But I'm thankful for a dog. You know, I'm thankful. Church is so easy to complain. It's Thanksgiving. You know what's going to happen. Unfortunately, this happens every year. But let this church not be like the rest of America who's going to be so thankful on Thursday. And then on Friday, man, I can't stand you. Get out of my way. Man, i know, like lining up at 5 o'clock in the morning and, you know, thank you for this and this and that. But God, I'm going to get a 50-inch TV because it's, it's so cheap this year. You know, but. Thankful for our past. Thankful for our present. And thankful for our future. I want to close out with this statement. The lessons of our past and the attitudes of our present set us up for our future. Let me say that one more time. I want you you to get that. The lessons of our past and the attitudes of our present are going to set us up for the future. I want to challenge you with this this Thanksgiving. Tomorrow when you're gathering with your friends. When you're gathering with your families. Whatever you're doing. Think about the past. Think about the present. And I man, think about the future. We don't know what the future holds, but God holds our future, right? Yeah. I mean, so what are we worried about? You know, go around the table. Hey, brother, why are you thankful for your past? What? What? Why are you thankful for your past? You know, hey, sister, why are you thankful for today? Oh, man, that's easy. We we'll all think about something for today. And it's easy to think about why we ain't thankful for the past. Why are you thankful for your past? Why are you thankful for your past? Why are you thankful for your future? Let's pray. Well, Father, I thank you. God you are so big. God, I thank you that you want to bless us, that you want to love us more than we can handle. God tonight as we as we've received this word about being thankful for our past, present and future, God I pray God that you would just remind us because we forget why we are thankful for what you've done for us. Why we are thankful for what you're doing in us. And why we are thankful for what you have yet to do for us. Father, I pray, God, that you would just bless your church this evening. God, every person in this room, God, would leave a little more thankful than when they came in. And when they would go to sleep tonight, God, they would just remember how good you are. Father, we love you. We bless you. And as we worship you one more time tonight, God, thank you. In Jesus' name, the church said, amen. Amen. You did a great job. Can we stretch our hands towards heaven? And let's just get, let's take the last few minutes here and thank God for all that he's done in our heart. Oh, thank you. Oh, I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. Appreciate Kenny Breakbird tonight, did a great job. I love the fact that